Hello, listeners. Please let me first apologize for the long lapse between last episode and this one. So my deepest apologies to you. So many things have happened last month between travel, being sick, not feeling well enough to share my thoughts. And fortunately or unfortunately, it will be another month where I will be super busy with the same stuff, including family events, such as graduation, birthdays, reunions. But thank you so much for still sticking around and listening to this podcast. Do we think that losing part of our childhood was the death of it? Do we see our assault or abuse as the death of our innocence? Do we feel dead inside because what we went through? So I'm trying to make a connection of what is commonly known as grief. I think most people think that grief is the process of grieving someone who has passed. I think it applies to many parts of our life. It applies certainly in my view and I think many others as well as psychologists. It applies to trauma. Maybe people also think that um, it only applies to death just like PTSD would apply only to people who are recovering from trauma from a war. But no, PTSD applies to many other traumatic events. So we can certainly see our trauma under different lights, under different definitions. But no matter what, we lose something in grief is the sorrow that we feel for a loss. We had a lot of loss in our childhood. We grieve about the kind of life we could have had had the trauma not have happened. We grieve what we lost. We ask ourselves how our life would have turned out if we had not been abused, don't we? We compare our lives to those of others, to our friends, to our siblings. We have missed so much, so we grieve. There's so much grief that we have bottled up. And as we process our trauma, we continue to find lost memories that we unconsciously hid in the depths of our mind to protect ourselves. And more comes up and we, many times unconsciously, start to grieve for what we lost. Or for the pain that was handed to us. For the unfairness of life. As you may know, there are five stages of grief. And they are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. How do we process our grief in relation to the abuse we were subjected to? Well, I believe that as children we easily take on the denial part. How can we not? We were children, so we couldn't even identify what was happening to us. 
So, wouldn't we answer ourselves and anyone else, hey, nothing happened? Imagine that little person with that little fragile voice saying, nothing happened, mommy, or nothing happened, Sammy, or answering to whomever to whomever was asking how we were doing or if there was something wrong, just negating that anything strange had, had happened to us. Doesn't it make sense? When we lose someone we love, our immediate reaction is usually, I can't believe he or she is gone. I thought this or that of this person. We deny that the person could be gone. That seems perfectly normal when we lose a loved one to death. So why wouldn't it be perfectly normal that we deny that we were robbed from something? Something that back then may, maybe we didn't identify. But now we know that we were robbed of our innocence. But we still would say, no, nothing happened. There is our denial. Then we have anger. How do we as children project our anger? How did your anger come out after your abuse? I think my anger came out through pushing people away. The people that were near to me, my family, my immediate family. I never let anyone really close to my personal space, which in a family of uh, South America, it, there is no such a thing as personal space. There is hugging and kissing all the time. It's horrible. Um, but I, ha I wanted to have my space. My possessions were mine. No one was allowed to touch my clothes, my towels, much less sit on my bed. It was a total trigger when anyone sat on my bed. I would be so angry, so upset. And I told them. Even when I was afraid most of the time to say anything, but I did get upset and angry whenever somebody was touching my, my things, my little space, my bed. I, can't even, I couldn't even say my room because I had to share my room with my younger sister. I was angry when people touched me, touched my hair, touched my nose, touched anything of me, my body. I mean, it was, I was so upset, but of course I had to behave and I couldn't say anything, but I know I was so angry. I realize now, not then, that this is how my anger came through, by pushing people away for the little things that I thought to be mine. Is this really anger? Is it really? I'm not even sure, but I'm trying to still identify as a child how did this part of the trauma, of the grief, came out for me. How about bargaining? <laughs> that would be a very difficult one to identify at this point. But as I think about it, I remember bits and pieces of how I had in my mind that I had to be a good girl so no more bad things would happen to me. 
if I gave my best, the worst wouldn't happen. I remember that I would always stick to whatever family and societal rules there were. I had to do whatever I was supposed to do. Be a good girl and behave. Be obedient and bad things won't happen. And how did I relate this to the abuse that I was living through? I remember a few times when I would start losing myself into dissociation and thinking that if I just let this happen, I will be okay soon. I offer myself, I let my body be used in hopes for that reward that could come up later that would tell me, yes, I was a good girl. What did I know? I didn't really let anyone use my body. There was no choice in this abuse. But in my little person's mind, it was the best thing I could do. Don't fight it. After all, you know, it will be okay later. Well, that later or that someday came years later after much damage was done. So sad. That bargaining, that giving oneself or not fighting, just hoping that there would be a reward later. Bargaining with our own minds, undeveloped minds, not knowing that this bargaining would cause damage for life. Okay, let's move on to depression. We know that this is the most common mental illness. And many times, we hear a dismissal of what it really is. Some people who are very lucky to have never experienced depression themselves or have anyone close to them experience it, will likely downplay it with dismissive words such as, oh, you're down, you're sad, you'll get over it, have a drink and you'll feel better, and any other comment. If they only knew how debilitating this is. We know though, don't we? So while our abuse was happening when we were children, did we get depressed and have all the symptoms of depression? Or were we in such a survival mode that we wouldn't even let depression manifest? Let me explain my last question. For me, as far as I can remember, I used tools that I didn't know they would later have definitions, such as dissociation. Yes, I dissociated from what was happening to me so often. I had to be elsewhere. I had to disappear from the reality that was just buried in the very depths of my soul and mind. I ignore what was happening and never talked about it. And who knows what else I did to just keep going. 
the drive that I had as a child to keep moving forward has continued through all my life, but it has not been easy. I remember the first time I said I wanted to die. I was about six or seven. This was not paid attention to, so whatever made me feel that way got buried somewhere in my brain. Later in my teens, I felt so many times that I wanted to die, but I had a huge family and they all loved me, especially my mom. I couldn't hurt anyone with such pain. Perhaps that was just an excuse of my subconscious to keep on living. But finally, when another traumatic event happened in my life, I broke and a guy who I was dating realized that I needed help. I do remember that I moved around as I would always, went to school, to work, saw my friends, him, but I was absent. Everything seemed like a movie was going on in front of me. I drifted all the time. I didn't know where. I don't know where today. I would find alone spaces and crying unstoppably. This guy helped me realize that I needed help. And not only that, but he found me a therapist. I only visited this person a few times. And this was the beginning of my repetitive, depressive episodes where I would seek help. Back then, my visits to therapy or a therapist were in constant. I did it a few times. I felt a little better and I would stop. Life kept on happening. I didn't stop. I continued to work and did what I needed to do. But depression didn't stop. It came and went. It came and went. I snapped out somehow and continued living, hiding my pain, ignoring my pain, until the next breakdown. Sometimes it was so bad that all of the clinical symptoms would come all at once. No drive to do anything, no wanting to move out of bed, not showering, not eating, not talking, nothing. So much pain, only pain from the very end of my hair all the way to the tip of my toes. Gosh, what a horrible feeling. And the broken memories would come in and out. But anything, more than the memories, the painful memories, it was just the pain that I felt all over me. Where did it come from? It was the pain of a child being robbed from her childhood, her innocence, her wonder and lust for life. I was robbed of all of it. And that pain had to come out somehow, sometime. And it did come. And it kept coming. And it's probably going to be there until the day I die. But I'm managing it. Yep, depression. That is depression. Let's move on to acceptance. Oh my goodness. That's a huge one in my book. This was the first step that I recognized I had to make mine to live a better life. I say it again. This was the first step that I recognized I had to make mine. I saw acceptance as something I had to do for myself. It was a gift to myself. 
One day, many years ago, probably 15 or so, I woke up with the realization that there was nothing I could do about what had happened to me. That the damage was done. And I didn't only think about the sexual abuse, but other parts of my life. Divorce, loss of a child, being a single mom, work frustrations, etc. I realized that I had to accept that life was quite shitty at times. That life was not fair. That life didn't have my best interest in mind all the time. I had to accept that God had forgotten that I also needed protection, just like many others. So damn hard to accept all this. So hard to accept that life continued on and that my life would continue as well. There was no stopping. And that I had to continue making the best out of this life that I have now, that I had then. I didn't feel happy about it. I still feel and know that so much is unfair. But it is what it is, truly. The past is the past. It's done. It has been a struggle. It is still a struggle. Saying that the past is the past doesn't mean I'm forgetting because it's impossible to forget what we went through, what I went through. But I can't change the past. What I can do is change today and change my future. So I decided to make my life better each day. It is darn difficult. Like today, for example, I struggle talking about my past. But I know that later today, I will meet with friends and we will have a good time. We will share some stories and laugh perhaps play some games, and of course, I will talk with my children and they will lighten my day and make me laugh. And we will make plans for one thing or another. And also, I'm still taking my anxiety and depression medicine, very little dose, but it's helping me, so I am continue, continuing to take it. This is the longest that I have taken it, but I will stop at some point. But anyway, as I was saying, there is so many good things that we can focus on. And this may help us override the sad parts of each day. The more we focus on the positive things, no matter how small, the better our day can become. I truly believe this. Like I said many times already. We're not forgetting, but we are making an effort to have a better day. I am making that effort. I'm choosing to pay attention to those little positive parts of my day. I know it is super hard. feels impossible many times to see those positive moments when we're depressed. All I can say is that I hope you make the effort to look harder into each day when you wake up perhaps or any time during the day and look for that little gift that is given to you. 
any small thing, perhaps something from nature, which is so easy to find, or maybe just somebody called you, even if you didn't want to answer, someone called you. Use your senses. Perhaps you smell something that reminds you of something delicious, something you like. Touch things. Maybe a cooling effect is what you need. There are so many things you can do. Just look around. Maybe you see something with your favorite color. Maybe you see a bird passing by who will make you smile. I just really want to encourage you to try to find little positive things that will keep on growing as you practice more looking for these signs, looking for these gifts. Well, I have talked about grief and its five stages. And as you know, it is just my opinion based on my experience. But I hope it was a bit helpful for you. Remember that I care about you, that there is light at the end of the tunnel, and that you're never, ever alone. Talk to you soon.